1: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Collision post-show for December 2nd, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my very good friend and co-host normally on Wednesday nights and sometimes on Saturday when he's got nothing to do, man. Jesse, what's going on, brother?
2: What's going on, man? What are you talking about? I had a whole lot on my plate. I ditched it all to be here with you guys tonight. Oh, look at that! Look at that! He wanted to watch
1: Saturday Night Collision, man. Oh boy!
2: Saturday nights are right for fighting, man.
1: Apparently, we got a lot of fighting tonight, man. Tonight was a uh, it was a good show. It was a good show. I don't want to take away anything from tonight's show. I thought it was a good show. Uh, less than enthusiastic crowd. Enthusiastic crowd in Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. AEW drew uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 2,400 fans tonight. I don't know, man. A lot of people don't want to watch wrestling on a Saturday night. I, I know that I've said constantly that uh, the show has not been the same since Pepsi Man was fired. But the AW Continental Classic, man, is absolutely living up to the billing. We got three solid matches tonight. And honestly, I think that was the majority of the importance on tonight's collision.
2: Man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and... I'm sure no one here uh will believe me, but I don't know, maybe some will. I didn't watch Collision when Punk was on it. And it had nothing to do with punk, and you know, I was, you know, still on board with punk and everything else. It's like you just said, man, Saturday nights sometimes it's just it doesn't feel like every Saturday night I wanna sit in front of a TV and watch wrestling, man. I don't know. Yeah, I know
1: it's tough. It, it it is tough. And um I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when AEW gets their new TV rights deal. Whenever that comes next year, I don't know if Collision's going to be a part of that. I don't know if this was just merely an experiment because CM Punk was on the roster, or it was truly something that they did out of necessity to separate the rosters at the time, but they didn't really want it. Yeah. I don't know. Can, can you see this show? Can you see this show under a new? Extension with Warner Media. Can you see this show lasting into their next round of TV rights? I I, I don't know if it's even worth it. To be honest with you,
2: um, I'll be honest, man. That Saturday night is a real deal breaker for me. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like Sunday would be the same. Um, they'd be better off trying to trying to put this show on another night of the week. Maybe eighty six Rampage altogether. Um, put it on Friday nights, and just say fuck it, and just go head up with SmackDown, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's only so many prime real estate days during the week. You know, you can, I mean try to do Thursday, but I'm you know assuming that'll be murder on the talent going from Wednesday to Thursday. Just throw it on Friday.
1: Well, you know, I mean, you know, Drew and I think I- even
2: coming in second, I think even coming in second place to SmackDown, it will do better than by itself on Saturdays.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I want to go head to head with SmackDown because uh, that's just a whole fucking headache in itself, and you know you get all the, the you get all the virgins online. Oh, uh, SmackDown, Murdered, uh, Collision, <laughs> He's dying. Oh, yeah. We don't get that already. I mean, we don't get that already. I mean, that's just that's just something And And listen, I know the social media audience is a very small percentage of their audience, but I mean, just to save a fucking headache, don't even bother going head to head with WWE. I know Drew and I talked about this. He believes. That Monday night with Raw will bleed into Tuesday on SmackDown, and when USA Network gets SmackDown, it's going to be Monday, Raw, Tuesday, SmackDown, and then we don't really know where NXT is going to go. It could go to Wednesdays. If SmackDown moves to Tuesdays under the new uh, contract, NXT could go head to with AEW on Wednesdays, or NXT could realistically move to Friday and take the old SmackDown spot. So, if theoretically, I want to think about that. If it's Monday, Tuesday, Friday for WWE, AEW has Wednesday already. So, right. maybe they should operate on... And I know you don't really want them to step on Impact's toes. And that would be uh, kind of shitty for Impact. But, you know, Thursday, to me, has always me. been an attractive option for AEW primetime, 8 p.m. live. Wednesday, Dynamite. Thursday, Collision. I just think it works, man. Back-to-back shows... Nothing on a Saturday. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but when I watch it, and maybe I'm the only one, but when I watch wrestling on a Saturday night, unless it's truly like Saturday night's main event and you got fucking mega matches and it comes off like a a PLE or a pay-per-view, I don't think your body really wants to sit there and watch pro wrestling on a Saturday night. Even if it's a Saturday night home, you would rather be doing anything else.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll even go a step further and say, I mean trying to think before I say it, maybe, I don't know if there's any television show that I want to get programmed to, you know, be accustomed to sitting in front of a TV on a Saturday night to watch. I mean, I, you know, it's great to watch, like you just said, special events, you know, football games, basketball games, baseball games, you know, but a weekly wrestling show every Saturday night, it, it, it just, it just feels more normal to me to have it on one of the days of the week.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what that's going to entail with their new contract. Hopefully um, they, they rebrand the show in some way because Saturday nights is just not working. And clearly, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, you are with Jesse and I on Wednesdays. I do my own thing on the other days with the other shows, and we, we bring in some big crowds, man. You know, as a content creator, sometimes you just kind of get a sense that you know the people truly don't give a shit. And we don't even have a 1,000 viewers in here yet on a Saturday night. So I know just based off my numbers that sometimes it's just not worth it to really even talk about it. And it's best saved for another time, honestly. So um, not to take anything away from the show. It it, it was still a very good show. It it usually is. And there's always something that is entertaining on, on Saturday night, no matter what they're putting on there. You know, Tony Khan has a mixed bag of things. The show is obviously turned into fucking Variety. Uh, hour, you know, here in AEW, you, you get a little mix of everything. But the gist of what we got tonight was the Continental Classic. And, and like always, Jesse, uh, I'll let you start off with what you want to talk about. What was your biggest takeaway from tonight's show, uh, whether it be the Continental Classic or something else that happened on Saturday Night Collision time?
2: You know, I, I don't even really have anything that stuck out, out. Except pro wrestling. And yeah. if we're gonna talk about pro wrestling that stuck out, then we have to start and end with uh uh Danielson versus Kingston. Yeah. Um I like the I like the dynamic of that match, and maybe it's just knowing how much they you know that, that these two guys love and, and respect each other. Um, I think watching them go out there and just flat out stiffen the holy crap out of each other was just really good TV to me. Yeah. You know, and 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 to me, you know, to me if you don't have a a violent legit blood feud and you're striking like that, but you're you have two good friends, they're striking like that, those two things are interchangeable and one of the same to me. You know, I I, I like the mutual respect of because it had the feel of Okay, we're gonna have a nice little good match. Like, oh, we're gonna go a little stiffer. Okay, I'm gonna go a little stiffer. And then the looks on Eddie Kingston's face, like, you fucking calm down. What the fuck is wrong with you over here, man? I thought we were cool. And then they start stiffing each other back. I enjoyed that dynamic, that story that they told, and everything that they gave us in that main event. So that was definitely a two thumbs up for me. On, uh, yeah, on this this,
1: this was their second match in AEW. If if I'm not mistaken, correct. This was their second their second outing. I think they I, wrestled I would, in 2021. If I'm not mistaken,
2: yeah, I don't remember it, but it probably sounds about right. There. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that, and that was a great match. I remember that match uh, being fucking fantastic. Uh, I think it actually happened on a on a dynamite back in uh, October 2021. Someone uh, researched that for me. If you guys want in the chat, um, I thought tonight was between Kingston. And Brian, uh, very physical. is very stiff, like Jesse said. Uh, and it needed to be because Eddie Kingston's story right now is that he's truly fighting from the underdog position. And he's already lost once. He lost to, I believe, it was Brody King already in the yeah. tournament. And he needed a win. He desperately needed a win. He wanted to get on the leaderboard here with three points by beating Brian. This was Brian's first match uh since the orbital bone break it wasn't a full break from what we understand but he is out there as pirate brian yeah. with the fucking eye patch on which was slipping off his eyeball and off his head throughout the match and there were some shots in there that eddie kingston got on him on that side of the face that i thought holy shit man can you at least slap him on the other side of the fucking face if you yeah. really got a, a broken orbital bone And my like, holy shit I mean, they were laying chops in on each other. Brian's chest was absolutely fucking as red as an apple. And Brian was throwing kicks right back at Eddie Kingston, and it resulted in what I thought was a fantastic main event that went almost to 20 minutes in the main event slot tonight on collision with Brian getting the victory uh, after the Bousyko knee. So he is on the board, and I know everybody has already wrestled once this was Brian's first match. So Brian's going to be doing some double duty, I believe, on an upcoming week, whether it's uh, next week or the week after. Uh, he's going to be wrestling on a Dynamite and Collision both for this tournament, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken. Or he may be doing, uh, I don't know how they're going to work it because everybody supposedly is getting five matches, and Brian's only got one and everybody else has got two already. So I don't know where that extra match is going to come in if they want to put him on, on Dynamite or do one of the matches that they usually do on Saturday or on Wednesday. Uh, We'll figure that out. But uh, I thought that was a tremendous main event tonight. Certainly worth watching Collision for is the tournament. The other thing that stood out to me was Claudio. Claudio and Brody King. And I know, Jesse, you and I talked about the tournament, and we had a nice lengthy, friendly discussion about uh, unpredictability versus predictable in the tournament and what is an upset and what is not an upset. I truly think that someone in the company... Listened to that and took it and said, "You know what? Maybe we should add a little dose this week of unpredictability." Brody King is now two and zero in the tournament. He sits atop the gold, all the blue league rather, uh, with six points, and he defeated Claudio Castagnoli tonight. And I don't know how you felt about it, man, but tonight I felt like this was an upset for Brody King.
2: Yeah, you know, and it it was it was probably an upset in theory. Um, to me, I've I've always put Brody King on this on this pedestal. I mean, just of like, this guy's a killer, you know, and he hasn't, you know, climbed to the top of the company yet, but it feels like he should be up there as far as like you beat who. But um, I like it. I like seeing him 2 0 like that. And um outside of outside of Eddie Kingston, Brody King has become um um the you know the second most um interesting story being told in this tournament so far to I me. Mean.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, to me, that was truly an upset. I thought Claudio was going to take it. I thought um, it was definitely going to go in that other direction. But Tony Khan, you know, the unpredictability factor definitely rang true tonight. Brody King beats Claudio, uh, and he is now six points in the Blue League. He is atop that leaderboard for the Saturday Night Collision guys. And I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Brody King. Uh, The other match tonight was Andrade and Daniel Garcia. We'll get into that. I don't really know where the story with Andrade is going with CJ as his manager. It definitely looks a little bizarre. Uh, They don't really uh, have an explanation as to why this is a pairing. We don't know if this is going to lead to Miro versus Andrade at some point. But he is in the tournament. And a tournament like this is where I believe someone like Andrade is going to thrive. So we will talk about that as well. Daniel Garcia... We've documented that the story with him could be that he's going to shed the dancing gimmick, shed the sports entertainer gimmick, and go back to being the pro wrestler that we know that he is. We'll talk about that. Uh, We had a ladies' match tonight, which I guess sets up Julia Hart's next opponent for the TBS title. And I know we asked for story, but seemingly nobody
2: in the company cares to listen to us. And we got Julia no, Hart. The, on, on, on the contrary, it looks like they listened to exactly what we said, or at least what I said the other day. What exactly did you say the other day? Do you like, want to read? I know what you said, but
1: what do you? What, 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 please reiterate to the to the people in chat. When
2: it's like well, I, I I literally just said that they if they're gonna focus on Julie Hart, then let's get more story and less like wrestling, but get her involved in stuff like maybe maybe come out and like pull her you know House of Black moves and check out the talent, you know, see who wins, you know, and just size them up and then just leave them with nothing really announced or anything like that. And that's exactly what they did tonight with Abaddon and Julia Hart. I mean, it is literally word for word what I just said. I mean, and I don't expect this to shake the core of like the women's division, but it's a start. And it's, and it, and it's how you start. And then it's how you keep going with it with consistency and consistent storytelling. And then by the time we get to a match with her, There's something a little bit more invested than just random House of Black rules match, you know, and she wins and everyone's happy. This is not as interesting. So now we get to dig a little bit deeper into it. What's Julia Hart trying to do? Is she trying to recruit Abaddon? Is she trying to just case her because she thinks she's her next opponent? You know, what's going on, you know, in that mind? So it really it at least gives us something to think about as it pertains to Julia Hart and being a TBS champion.
1: All right. You know, you, you may be correct on that. I'm, uh, I'm going to apologize there. I might have uh, jumped the gun there. It, it really felt yep. like uh, it was. And, and we have to give it time to see what happens, because Jesse could realistically be correct. Is, is Julia Hart enlisting Abaddon for the House of Black? Is she looking for some extra muscle where uh, she doesn't have it? Uh, Is this going to be uh, some sort of partnership or pairing? Uh, Is it going to lead to a long-term storyline? Not uh, long-term, short-term storyline. Maybe a little angle here for the next couple of weeks to build to a title match between Julia Hart and Abaddon. We don't really know. But I jump the gun sometimes on this where Jesse, you know, sometimes tries to reel me in. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the women, I don't trust them. So from, yeah. what, from what I saw, my POV, it's like, all right, Julia Hart showed up in a match with Abaddon at the end of the match after she beat Kiara Hogan. And I'm already thinking, well, they're just going to do the match on Saturday because it's going to be another open challenge, and Julia Hart's going to defend the title next week. Yeah, that would be just boring. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's where my mindset's at because that's what they've yeah. given us.
2: Yeah. So it's like, yeah. why would
1: I think anything else?
2: yeah. Yeah, who who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe Julia is is thinking about starting um the uh, the women's version of the House of Black. Maybe she's gonna form a little stable. You know, maybe she just doesn't trust her or like her. I mean, I mean, we gotta wait and find this shit out, I guess. But it's it's something you got Julia Hart out there. You got her doing something. She doesn't have to work. She doesn't she doesn't have to wrestle. But the other women do. Why? Because they're all trying to earn the opportunity to be in the ring with the champion, other than just open challenge. Yeah, you know. And I got a, I got a, I got a pretty good take and um and an idea for Abaddon when we get to that segment too.
1: All right, we look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna get into this AEW Collision post show in just a second. I want to thank you guys so very much for joining us on this random, rare Saturday evening, Jesse. And I appreciate you joining us here on OTS. Follow us on social media on X at JD from two hundred six, and then at Shy I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are 300 away from 151,000 subscribers. Went live earlier with the first stream of today. Talk SmackDown. Did watch SmackDown after the House of Glory show. And I fell asleep halfway through. Watched the rest of it this morning. Went live this afternoon. We talked about the big Randy Orton segment signing with SmackDown. He's now full-time on SmackDown. He is now targeting Roman Reigns and the Universal Heavyweight Championship. And we discussed a whole slew of possibilities about what Randy Orton is going to do going into the Royal Rumble. Go and check that out on the homepage if you guys missed that this afternoon. House of Glory last night was excellent. Our best show possibly ever. And I can't wait to watch the replay back, man. There was a couple of banger matches on there that I definitely want to go back and watch. One of them being Charles Mason and Carlos Ramirez. The other one, Swerve. And Speedball Mike Bailey, the energy in the arena was unbelievable. Two great talents right there. Love it. Mike Santana won the HOG World title from Matt Cardona. Just a big, big, memorable evening. And we are doing it in January, Jesse. You know who's coming? You may have to review this show, brother. It is HOG versus Impact. We got HOG Brace for Impact on January 2nd. Josh Alexander versus Mike Santana is the rumored main event.
2: Oh, man.
1: And we're looking to get Trinity. Maybe, maybe if she's available.
2: Oh, man. I will love that. It's too bad you don't like indie wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. don't, Don't tell Matt Cardona, bro. He's the indie god. I can't wait. It actually sounds <laughs> legit interesting to me, but you ain't indie wrestling, so I'll just let you know how Ah, <laughs> nah, man. I, I just don't like GCW. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Jeez.
1: Anyway. Oh, that does
2: sound pretty interesting,
1: actually. Yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds like it's going to be a banger show. Uh, and uh, for all that asked, yes, breaking news here. I did shake Swerve Strickland's hand. I wish I had an opportunity to have a minute or two with him, but he was a very busy man. But uh, I told Jesse, I texted him. He walked up before an interview with Solomon's last night to hype the show up. He walks up by the commentary table. He looks at me, and, and the, word, the first words out of his mouth, he looks at me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man.
2: Listen. I, I told him, I think that, that,
1: went, that went well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went, it went pretty well, man. He, he didn't give me a house
2: call, so it's, uh, it's that, pretty good, that, yeah? That, that went well. He could have took a swing at you. That would have been bad. Or the absolute killer. Is just not even acknowledged you at all.
0: No, I know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: I know That would have been the worst. He,
1: uh, he genuinely actually came off like a, a, a really down-to-earth guy. Um, and he put on a great performance last night. So uh, hopefully that's not the last time we see him in House of Glory. For sure, he made it last night. He made House of Glory, Swerve's house for sure. Uh, you guys can watch the replay on Premier Network. Excellent, excellent show. You are not going to be disappointed at all with what happened last night. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. MagicMind.com slash JD from NY. You guys can use that code, that promo code JDNY for 56% off, man. You guys want to know how focused I am for these live streams every night? That's Magic Mind. MagicMind.com slash JD from NY. Go and get yourself a subscription today. Again, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, man. Um, I'm exhausted, but we're going to try and get through this show tonight. Collision. And we started off with the AEW Continental Classic. Claudio Castagnoli versus Brody King. This is a Blue League night. Blue League on Saturday. Gold League on Wednesday is how they separated this thing. So if you want to really kind of uh, crunch the numbers and boil it down, we do have somewhat of a little brand split going on here. They got uh, separate matches for separate shows. So I like that. Um, This was, I mean, the first, I would say, four minutes of this thing is legitimately them fucking trying to knock each other out. We got elbows, we got punches, we got clotheslines in this thing. They were trying to take each other out. And it was, now Claudio's not a big guy. But they wrestled like two big hosses in there. And I thought this was great. Castagnoli knocked King out to the floor. Uh, After all this, before rounding the ring with a European uppercut, running European uppercut, Claudio sent King into the barricade. But Brody shot out with a lariat, dropped Claudio. King sent Claudio over the barricade with an Irish whip. And we go to our first commercial break of the evening. After we get back, King dropped Claudio with a slam and a senton. King set up Claudio for the cannonball in the corner, but Claudio fired out of the corner with a European uppercut, several of them, and Brody was reeling. Claudio went for the giant swing, but when Brody pushed him off, Claudio rebounded with a double stomp for a near fall. So King gets back up. He fires back. Claudio popped Brody up with the Swiss death uppercut, which looked great. He went for a, a cover there got a near fall. Claudio got King up for the giant swing, before transitioning into a sharpshooter. He, he did get him in the swing. Uh, Brody's a, a, a fucking large man, and he got him in, this, in, in the swing, but he, he didn't get that, as many revolutions as, you, as he usually does with somebody smaller. King then crawled to the bottom rope in the sharpshooter, even with Claudio hooking his arm in the sharpshooter. Uh, King sidestepped a corner charge, sending Claudio into the corner post, and then King hit the cannonball. Claudio kicked out at a one I'm like, uh uh-oh, Claudio's going to win this match. Claudio escaped the Gonzo bomb and hit a Death Valley driver, which looked fucking absolutely picture-perfect. Brody responded with a uh, kick of his own, or one count um, uh, of his own, sorry. Uh, After the Death Valley driver one count, he kicked out. Brody knocked Claudio out of the air with a forearm and then hit a pile driver. Then Brody followed with a big lariat, which was enough to score the victory. So, um... He did not win with the Gonzo Bomb. He won with a huge lariat, and to me, like I told Jesse before, this was a fucking upset because I expected Claudio to win. I expected all the Blackpool Combat Club guys to really go into the last rounds of this tournament looking very strong, and here we have Brody King, the unlikely guy, looking at 6-0, and zero, six points to zero here. Uh, So uh, that's incredible to me. And and a tournament like this, Jesse, is the type of tournament that you want to take somebody like a Brody— or a Daniel Garcia or any of the guys that you don't really expect to win this thing and really build them up because after this tournament Brody has a solid tournament Tony Khan could be looking at somebody that logistically could be transitioned in 2024 to a main event player.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he's got a uh, I think he's got a top tier main eventer a uh, future main eventer in it on his hands with Brody King. Yeah. Um just 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 stay the course. Uh, he's already over his fuck, you don't got to worry about that. So don't make too many changes. Um, I did suggest to Mikey Ruckus tonight to get him some theme music that um incorporated some um some uh time barking so that the crowd could get more interest, get more interactive with his entrance. You know, you know something like same, same music, you know, same cadence, same all that stuff, but just incorporate like a bark sound at every so often or so just to get the crowd into it. Like I can see the crowd like 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 pushing that as he comes out. Um, but Brody King's great, man. He's great, and if if you're gonna have Cesaro lose in a tournament like this, a he's not knocked out of it, and B I can't think of a more legit guy in this tournament to um to for Cesaro to put over than than Brody King.
1: It's gonna be inter- it's gonna be interesting to see who beats Brody King here. I- I'm assuming if Claudio fell to Brody, I'm assuming Brian Danielson is gonna be the one to beat Brody. Who, and who, else, is, who I, else is in this run? We got Andrade, we got Brian, we got Eddie, we got Claudio, Daniel Garcia, and, and Brody, right? So um, I
2: I think it's gonna, actually going to end up being Brian that beats Brody. Well, Brody can also beat Brian because they now put this handicap on Brian with this eye and everything else. You know, we know he's this, he's this, this top-tier, world-class wrestler, but he's nowhere near 100%. So I'll be honest, I thought this was going to be Eddie Kingston's upset win tonight with him needing a win and Brian coming into this thing, you know, nowhere near hundred percent. I thought he was going to somehow pull it off. So, yeah. But I liked it. Nothing is a too much of a, Oh, this is a, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. You don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The gold league, the gold league uh, on Wednesdays has been a, a little too predictable. The blue league is where the unpredictability has really been. And, and, you know, like I said about Brian, Jesse's correct. That could be the story with Brian. He could absolutely lose. And it would be a believable loss. Or Brian, there because of the eye, but Daniel Garcia is somebody that could be a dark horse here as well to beat Brody. I mean, he could go a- and lose a couple of matches and then pull off the upset. That'll be a huge victory for him to maybe swing the momentum uh, in-, in Daniel Garcia's favor because nobody's really looking at Daniel Garcia to win this tournament. And if he beats Brody and gives Brody his first loss in the tournament,
2: uh, I-, I would consider that a big deal, even if he's not going to end up winning the tournament. It would be, and you know, and uh, and most of the talent we got left in this tournament, man, are very believable. Um, um, pro wrestlers to to go over in, yep. in matches like this. So, you know, it, it's almost almost okay to throw some of the cannon out of the window as far as you know, House of Black, you know, member versus you know these guys who are way down here. But no one would ever argue that Daniel Garcia isn't a phenomenal wrestler, no matter where he is on the card. You put him in a one on one environment. He's not counted out by any means. He could he could win against anyone one-on-one in the right situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my prediction still is Brian versus Swerve in the finals. That's my prediction.
2: That'd be great. Man. Yeah.
1: With with Brian winning, and I think uh, with this being his last full-time year, I think Tony's going to reward him with uh, being the first-ever Triple Crown. I, I genuinely think, I know a lot of people are thinking that Swerve is going to actually win this tournament, and uh, they're going to put the, the Triple Crown title on him. And I know a lot of people are already uh, murmuring and whispering that, uh, oh, Tony doesn't think he's a world champion yet, or blah, 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 this is going to be a consolation prize. Listen, Swerve is not going to look at it as a consolation prize. He's only going to look at it as a stepping stone. But I get why people are saying that. And if he doesn't win the match and doesn't win this this tournament, you know, I I think there's enough rumblings online because Tony listens and watches and sees everything that's going on. I honestly think, and he knows how hot Swerve's been, I, I genuinely think that, in 2024, Swerve is going to get a world championship match and it's going to be built up as a big deal. Against who? Yeah, so- against uh, against what performer? Who the champion's going to be at the time? When? We don't really know. But, you know, I think a lot of us feel like 2024, with the with the momentum riding high and how hot he is, I think he needs to strike while the
2: iron's hot. Yeah, dude. I mean, for me personally, I mean, I don't even think Swerve, Swerve doesn't need to win this tournament. No, he just he just needs to look phenomenal, which he already has. He has enough, you know, you know kayfabe injuries and uh, not injuries, but kayfabe, you know, little bangs and bruises and probably real life ones that go with it to justify a, a loss after getting so deep into the tournament. Um, he doesn't need it, as far as I'm concerned. Swerve Strickland's ticket is punched for 2024. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's. He he, he might as well be a money in the bank holder right now, as far as I'm concerned. Swerve's ticket is fucking punched for next year. That is an instant main event of the second you want to book the match. Yeah. Right now. So if he lost in the tournament, deep into the tournament, no skin off my nose. And I'm sure it'll be no skin off anyone else's nose. As long as they stay the course with his gimmick and and his booking, he should be a world champion in 2024. Like you said, you know. Yeah.
1: They cut to John Moxley promo. John Moxley was sitting in the stairwell talking about how banged up he is. He said maybe the last four years are finally starting to catch up to him. He listed all the parts of his body that hurt and says he's starting to get tingly fingers and his head doesn't feel like it's screwed on straight. He said doctors are prescribing him all kinds of meds. He says he's sick. He's tired of being pissed off, depressed. His body's failing him uh, within the last year. He says he's going to do the only thing he's good at, which is wrestle his way out of it, And fight his way out of it with every ounce of drop of sweat and effort that his body has. He says this is what AEW was built on. He says he's going to show everyone what AEW can be. He says he's the ace of the world. And no one can bring anything to him that is worse than fighting the demons he fights on a daily basis. He says if anyone feels he's right for the the picking, then please take a shot. Um, Moxley always knows how to hit all the emotions in a promo. And Moxley, Jesse, sold perfectly what this type of tournament does not only to somebody physically, but mentally. He painted a perfect picture here. And Moxley, we all know, is an odds-on favorite to win this tournament. How deep is he going to go? What type of struggle is he going to go through? He's telling you here how his body feels and how he's mentally going into
2: this thing. I thought this was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know one thing about Moxie, man. He can cut a damn promo. His it, it, promos feel almost a little weird to me. It's not. It's not full of a bunch of repeatable catchphrases. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna find, you know, anybody out there, you know, going, yeah, you know, all the other weird yeah. shit. You know, none of that. You know, it's a different style of promo for Moxie. For for Mox, a, a promo from Moxie reminds me a lot of Jake the Snake Roberts. And I think that's throwing around a little bit too much, but I think it really, really applies for Moxley because he gets you to listen. Yeah. He starts he, he starts telling a story, and it's not about, you know, key words that you're waiting for to chant along. It's about what he's talking about. Like hes And long story short, this promo, I feel like crap, but that's normal. I'm always feeling like crap, but I don't care. I'm going to whoop somebody's ass, and I'm going to win this tournament. You know, and then, but he just captivates you. You have to listen to him. And then you, by the end of it, he, hit, he hits that crescendo and you feel his promo. I don't, think, I don't think anybody in AEW does promos in the style that Moxley does right about now. It's great. A couple
1: of news and notes on John Moxley here. Number one, Moxley gave his opinion on the AEW Continental Classic as a new concept for AEW. i just seen this as of today. And Moxley says that AEW just created this monster tournament. And he said the Continental Classic is still trying to find its identity. Says, and I quote, I think it'll be the thing where all the talents involved and the human stories that play out throughout this thing and the excitement of the matches and so forth, I think that'll just kind of have to take on a life of its own. Right now, we've just created this monster, this animal, and set it free. We're waiting to see what it does. And then Moxley also went on, to compare the Continental Classic and how it stacks up to the G1 and, and what kind of matches they get. In response to the comparisons, Moxley explains the differences. You're not encumbered by commercial breaks, there's more shows right in a row. You're not at the mercy of a television schedule or anything. It is just a little bit more of a challenge to do it on the television format as opposed to just once. The G1 is going, it's just going and you are in. So, Moxley, I mean, Moxley didn't really say anything uh, that we haven't discussed uh the tournament you know it's going to develop an identity on its own you can't really find out what that you may not even find out what the identity is in year one you know it may it may see year two year three where you start to finally see the identity of the tournament and what the tournament is really about but he did say you know how all the talent that will be involved and and the human stories that play out throughout this thing the excitement of the matches so far and you know so far in the tournament so on and so forth that's where the, the bread and butter is going to be in these early stages, Essie, where, the, where the stories come out of these matches, what the stories are going in. Like we said, uh, whether it's going to be a time limit or injuries or someone, you know, kind of evolving with their character like a Daniel Garcia. Those are the things that we're going to take away from this year one tournament.
2: And, and those, are, those are the most important things because with all of these people in the tournament and only one is going to be the ultimate winner, you can't have all of that action and all those moving parts and all these wrestlers come out of there with nothing to hang their hat on but one person. You know, when this tournament is said and done, they should be picking things out of this tournament to use not only in these uh, these guys' next storylines, but storylines, you know, down the road after that. Don't think I forgot what happened between me and you in that damn tournament. Back in December, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Like because we're in the spring now and they haven't faced off until, you know, or since December. This stuff can help, if nothing else, if nothing else, it can help ignite and bring some kind of um some kind of logic to feuds as to why they're happening. So um they serve a lot of purpose, but like we said at the beginning, it is the first thing you have to do is make us um make us want the tournament, you know, make us care about the tournament. I mean, that's what's important because we don't care about the tournament. We're not going to care about anything you spawn from it. And I think now that we get into these second round matches, things are looking a little bit more interesting. Before it just looked like, okay, it was a great wrestling match. Now what? Now we starting to get to, okay, that was a great wrestling match. And we're starting to see this little story develop from it. Okay. To see what happens in the round three. Now, in the next round, I'm expecting even more to start happening. Like, Oh, shit, they've won three straight. Oh, shit, they've lost three straight. Something's not adding up. What's going to happen with this guy? This is how you work a real tournament. It's not just to serve you for the few weeks that you do it. It's to serve you for quite some time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see how uh, this thing evolves over uh... – a few years. And uh, like I said, I've, uh, I've documented this several times. I've, I've waited for a tournament like this here in the United States for a very long time. This is what I wanted the king of the ring to be. Uh, maybe we end up getting something like that. Maybe Triple H will take some influence from this. Uh, and we will uh, enjoy how this tournament rounds out. We got another uh, four weeks to go uh, of this tournament. It's going to be great. And I'm already loving what we've gotten so far. Abaddon. Yes, Abaddon has returned. She uh, has risen from the grave, Abaddon. Last time we saw Abaddon was on Halloween because, you know, use your imagination there. Halloween, Abaddon, scary. Tony Khan's like, oh, I need a scary, I need a Halloween-themed character on this show. We got Abaddon still employed, right?
2: Legally, she has to be a part of the show, you know. She went one-on-one with Kiara
1: Hogan, who also we haven't seen a lot of. I think she's worked a lot of Ring of Honor. I mean... I don't really know much about her because she is indeed on Ring of Honor, and I, I don't watch Ring of Honor. Not Honor neither does Jesse. But Abaddon and Kira Hogan went about four minutes for, for the four minutes it was. I will say this: it was not bad. It was not bad. Um, I, I just don't. I just don't get Abaddon's, you know, shtick. I don't, and it's it's just not for me. It's just a little, a little too yeah. out there, you know, and uh, it's not my cup of coffee. Kira Hogan. Uh, she loses here in four minutes. Hogan dropped Abaddon with a drop kick. Abaddon came back with some strikes. Kiara avoided a corner charge and went on the offense. She scored a near fall with a corner kick. Abaddon dropped Hogan with a black hole slam, then hit a nice looking outside in cutter for near fall. Kiara came back hitting a uh, big, hefty neck breaker for near fall. Abaddon kicked Hogan. And dropped her with a knee before hitting the Black Dahlia DDT for the win. So after the match was over, Tony Khan special here. Lights go out. They come back on. Julia Hart, who is the TBS champion, was in the ring. Lights went back down and Julia disappeared. So she stood in the ring, Jesse. She eyed Abaddon for a good five seconds and then disappeared. And that was basically... All she wrote here. What is Julia doing? Is Julia enlisting Abaddon? Is Julia staring down Abaddon for a match? Is this going to be a match next Saturday on Collision? I don't know.
2: I don't know what's going on.
1: We'll let it play
2: out. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, as so as I'm watching this and I'm watching Abaddon work tonight, you know, and I've I've always kind of had the had this thought about Abaddon in the back of my head, but. I kind of felt like um, that a a little bit more seasoning on the in-ring work would help this idea play out. And Abaddon has gotten significantly better in the ring. She has. Significantly better in the ring. Not just a little bit. So the gimmick that she's doing, okay, I know she's put a lot of work into this gimmick. It, it, It looks like it's her whole lifestyle, okay? great. I would want to tweak it just a little bit, not change it because it's was bringing her to the dance here but I would like to see less I mean, by less I mean no, no more supernatural I would like to see a, a, a version of what we got from Abaddon right now and I would like to see a lot of the early 90s um, androgynous gold dust put into that gimmick you know, and a lot of people say, Well, I don't understand this Abaddon's gimmick. Great. That's what it's meant to be. So I mean I'm talking a lot of that, um, a lot of that sexuality that Goldust would have. You can you can have her portray some of that in the ring with her opponents. Not and so, so it's not a point of them freaking out because they're scared of her, it's them freaking out because they can't tell her she's playing mind games with them or basically trying to hit on them or things like that. But in the midst of all of that. She's breaking out these phenomenal wrestling moves, just like Dustin would. Dustin was one of the best wrestlers in all of the company stuck in the midcard because of his gimmick. But my God, the guy can go. And if Abaddon can outwork most of the women she's in a match with and still pull off this gimmick, this androgynous, I think it'll it'll push the lines and push the barriers of, of TV. Have people talking, and as long as she's out there performing with a fantastic work rate, I think she could pull it off. You want you you want her to do gold dust? I want her to sprinkle in some gold dust characteristics into her current gimmick. Yeah, not dress like him, but more act like him. But like, like, kind of eerie,
1: and, and like with, with, with her vibe and her gimmick. Yes, okay. correct.
2: Right. You're right. No gold dust cosplay. Nothing like that. Okay. No, you don't want her doing
1: Yeah. No. You don't no. want her
2: doing all that shit? No, 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 no. <laughs> nothing like that. Not that. I'm talking sprinkle in some of the elements on it. Some of the, you know, some of the uh the Mickey James uh versus Trish Stratus type sexuality put into the matches a little bit here and there. I'm not the les straight list angle that they did, not that but I don't know what the hell she's trying to do to me right now type angle on it. Um, I think it will be something that's not being done right now in wrestling and it could work or it could not, but you know what? I, it brings something very different to the women's division. I think it might work out. Uh,
1: you know, I, 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 I enjoyed gold dust I thought gold was fucking great. I don't know if you guys didn't like the gimmick, maybe it was on you, but I thought gold was a great character. I did too. I it, what, what, was it a was it a world champion caliber you know character? No, no. Uh, it was it was no. always it was the, the ceiling was always Intercontinental title. But what he did in that early stage of the character with the vignettes and the fucking promos and then yes, you know, the whole sexuality that had him like like Jesse said, you didn't know what the fuck was going on, man. The mind games. He, I, I I remember him beating Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental title. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like, right. you know, that, right. that was that was back during WWF. You know Vince McMahon's new generation era, and yeah. I, I, I thought it was great, man. It hit. It was never it was never, never going to be a world champion, but w- what Dustin did with that character, I thought was fucking unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and I know he's already been working with her, you know, with her gimmick work and her character work and stuff like that. But um, I I it looks like he's been working with her without trying to influence her. Like he's trying to bring out the better Abaddon that she wants to that she wants to um project. I, th- I think a little bit of gold dust into this gimmick and less of the zombie-ish type deal. I mean, just basically no more zombie, regular person. Doesn't mean you change the look or the get up because again, she's going with the gold dust uh type mentality without the look. So she already has her look. Okay, but she's just not undead anymore. She's just, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, uh what do you call that uh that lifestyle? Just uh dark, just uh um um E-emo. Emo, emo lifestyle, yeah, something like that. Emo, no. heavy metal, like, like,
1: like, yeah. Um, I, I will give her credit though. You know, she she has significantly moved away from the the undead. I, I remember when we first saw her. Remember when she was on television and she had these Undertaker s characteristics, like she like she had yeah. the, the impervious to pain thing. Like,
2: yeah, you know, h- yeah. how do you
1: beat someone like that? You, you yeah, Quicksilver.
2: You, Gothic. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. A yeah. lot of. Yes. More metal and goth with uh, with with more um, Dustin um, characteristics, but not gold dust look, but just making her own and blend it into the gimmick that she's already uh, made for herself. Gothic. Thank, that's the word. I, yeah. I think that would be a nice little shift and change as you portray her more on TV.
1: Yeah, she she's moved away from that. Like I like I said, you know, she had that whole undead thing and she had that impervious to paint thing. Like the Undertaker was doing back in the early '90s, that shit doesn't work nowadays because yeah. nobody's gonna believe in that. And then you know that's what that's what Bray Wyatt suffered from, man. The Fiend, you know, that was one of the weaknesses of the Fiend. Like, yeah, he was impervious to pain. Like, and when you beat him, that's it. It's over.
2: Yeah, you, yeah. you,
1: you can never you can never reverse that. And Abaddon, I, I'm glad she kind of righted the ship here, and she did one of the first things that I noticed about her tonight she did look a little normal in in, in the way she was acting and her character and her behavior That's she telling. was letting, she was letting out some yells that weren't like fucking overly cartoonish and cringy yes and you know she wrestled and mm-hmm. she she took some moves and she didn't fucking no sell anything it, you know so she's yeah. righted that part of her character if she can blend everything else together she might be a viable threat in the division and someone that Tony
2: Khan might want wanna put on TV weekly. I don't know. Uh yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking so it, before I remember sitting there saying before, before like, no, this is not gonna work for TV. Like, no, this is very, you know, niche. And and as I'm watching her tonight, I'm like, I, I think she's getting there, man. Yeah. I think she's getting there. She 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 might be about there. Present her a little bit, just like this, shift a little bit. Um, I think we got something here,
1: yeah. Hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I found it a little, a little out there that Tony wanted to put her on the show tonight for no, uh, for no reason whatsoever. But if it leads to something, we'll see. You know, yeah. she's popular. She's got a nice little fan base. People want to yes. see more from her. And no, more, uh, this, of no this, more of
2: the blood dripping out of the mouth. No, and the no, crack, no, no, no more of that. No, that's awful. Yeah, um, I
1: like it, man. Yeah, uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, he went one-on-one with Andrade in the next Continental Classic tournament match. But before that, we got a Samoa Joe backstage segment. He said, uh, Marvez interviewed him. He said, Joe was furious with MJF for accepting a match teaming against the Devil's Goons next Wednesday. Mike Bennett and Matt Taven rolled Roddy into the scene, who started yelling, Samoa!
0: Samoa.
1: Joe! <laughs> now, he he yells everybody's first name. He yells everybody's first name and then calmly says their last name. That's his gimmick now. Um, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Roddy were there. Uh, Strong said MJF is luring him into a trap and said MJF is the devil. Strong said Adam Cole said he likes him. He said by proxy because he's also friends with Cole. He and Joe are now best friends. Makes sense. Strong said MJF is probably plotting right now against him. He asked Joe if he's going to listen to him. Joe laughed and walked away. He did not listen to Roddy at all. You know, Roddy could be the devil. We don't really know. Roddy himself could be the devil. Or at least part of the the fucking devil's goons. Yeah. We will see. Yeah, it
2: could be. I could see that, actually. Yeah.
1: Daniel Garcia versus Andrade El Idolo with CJ Perry. CJ was not allowed at ringside. Nobody's allowed at ringside. Uh, Daddy Magic was on commentary here, and if he got it from the commentary table because he's with Daniel Garcia, he would be fired. I guess that's a Tony Khan decision. I don't know. He's at uh, ringside, but I get it, man. Yeah. Who doesn't want Daddy Magic on
2: commentary? I know,
1: I know. Well, actually, he did pretty well on commentary. I thought he was pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah, so I was like, who doesn't want him on commentary? Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, he was uh, he was very good on commentary tonight against uh, uh, with Daniel Garcia and Andrade El Idolo. So... Uh, Garcia and Andrade were on the floor. They were fighting their way into the ring. Uh, We are picking it up inside the ring. Andrade shoved Garcia off the top rope to the floor. We go to commercial break. Uh, They trade strikes. We're back from break with Garcia getting the advantage. Garcia locked Andrade in a tree of woe, punching his knee before hitting a hesitation drop kick. Garcia hit a spinning brain buster for a near fall, which looked great. Andrade came back with a flying forearm. He set up for the Meteora in the corner. But after Garcia got up, Andrade hit two of the three Amigos' snap suplexes. Garcia reversed the third into a sleeper. But Andrade climbed onto the ropes and transitioned it into a superplex. He then finished the three Amigos for a near fall. Garcia reversed a figure-eight attempt into a dragon tamer. Uh, Charlotte somewhere is not very happy that Andrade keeps botching her maneuver. (laughs) Listen, I, they trade back and forth. Andrade, you know, does the, uh, what does he do? That uh, that thing off the top rope where he does that double moonsault. He misses the moonsault, yeah. rolls through, and does, yeah, the, back, does the standing yeah. moonsault. Charlotte can't do that.
0: And, yeah, she get that from him.
1: Andrade can't do the figure eight. So uh, uh, they, they got some uh, they got some
2: lessons to take care of, for it's, sure. It's, it's, a, it's a yin and a yang unit, yeah. bro. Or maybe it's, just it's, stop stealing each other's moves. How about hey, that? Hey, 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 you know nothing, all right? Trinity is still doing the Uso Splash.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a family tradition.
2: No, oh, God damn it, dude.
1: Son of a bitch. That's a family tradition. <laughs> I mean, and, and who wouldn't want to be hit with... Uh, never mind. Hey, 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 whoa. Ne- 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 never mind. I know. This is a PG show, bro. Never mind. Um, Garcia transitioned through a pile driver attempts. Andrade reversed it into a hammerlock DDT, and that was enough for the victory. Andrade is on the leaderboard for three points here. This was his first match as well in the tournament, and he beats Daniel Garcia tonight in week two of the Continental Classic. Excellent match. Uh, I mean, you're going to get excellent matches in this thing, and uh, Daniel Garcia, I don't think anybody really picked Daniel Garcia to win this tournament, but again, Daddy Magic was on commentary for a reason. They're playing up the fact that Daniel Garcia wants to be a pro wrestler, and Daddy Magic doesn't want him to be a pro right. wrestler, he wants sports entertainment. So they're playing up that whole aspect here.
2: Makes sense. Makes sense. And and again, Daddy Magic on commentary only makes a, a match better. Man, yeah. only makes a match better. Um, Daniel Garcia, like I said, um, he's a believable winner. One on one with no shenanigans, pro wrestling match with anyone on that roster. Anyone. Yeah. You know. So if you just if you just listed them out. Of their current spots in the company, and just put them in a the match, you know, and no one knows anything about where they are in the card, and they just watch these two wrestle. And Daniel Garcia is one of those guys; they wouldn't know they would think he was a damn world champion. The guy's phenomenal in the yeah, wrestling ring. Yes,
1: we got a recap of Wardlow winning over Ar Fox on Wednesday's Dynamite. Willie Mack was backstage and he challenged Wardlow to a match next week in defense of his friend A.R. Fox, who he said he's won tag team gold with all over the world in various promotions. And Willie Mac's a big boy, man. Willie Mac's a big boy. Wardlow, you want to do that to somebody? Come do it to me, partner. He's gonna beat this shit out of Willie Mack, man. No, I love Willie Mac, bro.
2: Me too. He's gonna beat this Willie shit Mack out of Willie Mac is fucking great. Willie Mac is 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 Reminds me of a modern day uh, Coco Beware. You know, I could see that. You know, with the with the just lovable charisma, the lovable. I was gonna
1: I was gonna gonna say Junkyard Dog, but I mean, we'll go with Coco Beware.
2: Um. Okay. 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 Junkyard Dog too. Sure, I could. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty much a lot of the same thing. I don't remember how. Honestly, if I'm being honest here, I don't remember how these guys were in the ring. Like, I know, I know how, the, I know how over the gimmick. Coco you know, Beware, I, you don't remember Coco Beware doing the whole fucking flying? I, don't, I remember, I remember, I remember seeing his spots and his, I remember spots, but I don't remember his, like his, his ring work. I don't remember, I don't, I don't remember his work rate, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he was, he was somewhat
1: explosive. You know what I never really understood? How Coco Beware and Owen Hart were a tag team. Remember that? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, they had the flashy outfits, right? Yeah. Wasn't he got the blue blazer? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he, he kind of dressed like that. He had the flashy blue pants like the blue blazer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just never understood that acting, team. But whatever, you know. Yeah, we'll go with Coco Beware. Yeah, Coco yeah. I mean, it, again, it, We're talking about fucking Coco Beware and an yeah, AEW Collision Post Show.
2: Well, Willie Mack just ran randomly on AEW. I mean, clearly he's not signed here. Is he signed here? What are we doing here?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I believe he was working with Ring of Honor.
2: Everybody works with Ring
1: of Honor, man. I don't know who uh, the fuck true. is where and, and what yes. show they're working on. That's true. That's very true. Um, The Kingdom. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Roderick Strong defeated the Iron Savages, Bronson and Boulder, with Jacked
2: Jameson. <laughs>
1: I mean, what do you expect here? I mean, wh- why is this on the show?
2: They try getting something going with these uh, guys. I mean... It's just not working
1: out. Just... Stop. Why give me nothing matches? Yeah, it's just not working out. No. The kingdom win here. Boulder tried to springboard moonsault. Missed. This led to the kingdom hitting Hail Mary on Bronson for the one, two, three. After the match, Roddy was on the outside in the wheelchair. After the match, Strong leapt into the ring and dropped Jameson with the jumping knee, only to then scurry back to his wheelchair
2: and be miraculously saved for about 10 seconds. You didn't see... What what Jamison was trying to do to Roddy's teammates behind their backs? You didn't see that part. Did, no, did you? No, I didn't. No. So Roddy going in there to save his friends. You missed all of that. All you saw was Roddy getting out of the fucking. Roddy risked the recovery of his broken neck to save a friend in peril. Man, this guy's a real fucking friend.
1: I, was, I don't know, man. Something fishy. There's something fishy about this guy.
2: No, no, no. He, you know how a mom can lift up a car to save her baby because of that adrenaline. That's kind of how it was with Roddy, dude. He had to save a friend, and he channeled all of that adrenaline and got in that ring despite his broken neck. And it was amazing. Amazing.
1: We got Ethan Page. Yeah, a bunch of guys we haven't seen in uh, forever on this show, man. Ethan Page. Ethan Page was interviewed by Lexi Nair. He said... Ever since losing to MJF in his home nation of Canada. I don't think anybody remembers that or cares to remember that, but apparently it's important to him. He had to regroup, and he's gotten into the best shape of his life. He says he's been racking up wins on Ring of Honor, and he's on a roll. Great. oh boy. All the fucking seven people watching Honor Club, man. They're, they're uh, cheering on Ethan Page. He says they're headed back to Canada, and he wants, to, he wants the crown sitting on the head of Kenny Omega for Best Canadian Pro Wrestler. Okay. So he challenged Omega to a match next week on AEW Collision, which is now official. It'll be Ethan Page and Kenny Omega on AEW Collision. Why? Because Tony Khan loves being a
2: mark for hometown guys. That's why. You know, one way to help keep Kenny Omega special is to not just throw him in random. Oh, Okay. Let it fucking play out. Ah, we're gonna give Ethan Page the hometown pop pal. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with that in theory, man. But you only have one Kenny Omega. Let's let's make his matches fucking special. All right. With reason behind it. I mean, I'll take the one with Brian that was um, no problem with that. We just can't, everyone just does not deserve a match with Kenny Omega just cuz. What is, what is with all these
1: Ring of Honor segments on this show? Why? Iron Savages, Kip Sabian, we got uh, Mercedes Martinez, Willow. Like, why? Was, this, was there this much Ring of Honor presence when Punk was there? I don't think so. I don't why? know. I don't know. Can we, like, there's a reason why this show doesn't really click anymore, people. It should be a debt, like, 2,400 seats they sold. Like, who who are you coming out to watch? What's the big star on this show? Brian, great. What else? What do you got for me? Ah, well, we're going to showcase Ring of Honor. Nobody cares. Tired of it, man. Ethan Page is great. He's a great pro wrestler. But you want me to invest in a match against Kenny Omega. Meanwhile, when's the last time? When was the last time we
2: seen Ethan Page on AEW Dynamite? When? Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and I'm and gonna look me, it up right now. Well, let me let me good. Let me clarify that while you do that, there is nothing wrong with Ethan Page. No, okay, Ethan Page is fucking great, but he has not been used in anything meaningful on TV, and God knows how long. So, just up and out of nowhere, I want to match with Kenny Omega, and during the break, we got it. That I mean, it, it there is no interest there at all. Now, if Ethan Page was on a tear. Ethan Page is doing fucking big shit right now. and Okay, you could right now say we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Swerve one-on-one next week, and the fucking roof would blow off the place. Like, holy crap. That's amazing. But there was a point a couple of years ago where you would have said, Kenny Omega versus Swerve, and you would be like, well, why? Why? He's, he's walking around with 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 Tretch and Boudreaux. I mean, why is he in a match with Omega? But do that shit right now after the hot streak swerve is on and people will fucking shit their fucking pants. But same thing right now. I don't care about seeing Ethan Page and Kenny Omega. His last AEW match, AEW-related match,
1: was seven twenty six 2023 An AEW World Tag Team title number one contendership battle royal when he teamed with isaiah cassidy wow and even it's, that meant nothing yeah i mean it... he's been delegated to rampage most of the time his last meaningful dynamite match I'm
2: trying to look that up just i mean look i i don't care about the match. What I want you to do is make me care before you book it. Because simply booking the match is not enough to make someone care. His last that's meaningful
1: not- match was against Hook. 4-5, 2023. FTW title match. Hook versus Ethan Page. Went two minutes. He lost.
2: And because he asked for it. He has a match against the, the, the best bout machine.
1: Um, all right. I, I, I swear to God, man. Twenty twenty four. Tony Khan needs to make some serious fucking changes. He does in twenty twenty four. I, I mean, this randomness is just the, the randomness is fucking stupid. It, it, it really is disgusting. Like I don't even yeah. enjoy it. Like, oh, fans want to see great pro wrestling. Fans want to see great pro wrestlers. I, I want to see fucking shit that makes sense. Yeah. Like your yeah. roster is way too big. Start separating the fucking rosters. Like you, you have. Dynamite bleeding onto Collision. You got Collision bleeding onto Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor bleeding onto Collision. I mean, Ring of Honor bleeding onto Dynamite. Come on now, bro. Come on, man. Yeah. Really? Man. There's no sense of order on this show anymore. Tired of complaining about it, man. Nothing's going to change. He's going to do what he wants to do. Whatever. I mean, fine. It'll be a good match. What does it matter? Kenny Omega's going to like, Ethan Page is going to beat Kenny Omega?
2: Come on. Yeah. Ethan Page is not winning the match, and the more that Kenny has to sell for Ethan Page, it lessens the value. Yeah, because of the way that Ethan Page is currently being booked, make that clear. Yes, it does. It does lessen Kenny Omega's value. Like, okay, this guy's been doing nothing, and you're struggling with him. I mean, but if he sat there and had like a forty-five minute fucking throwdown, fucking fight with Swerve and beat Swerve, they both come out winners
1: we got a video package airing on Mercedes Martinez, who also we haven't seen on this show in quite some time. Willow Nightingale. Willow says she's constantly disappointed in Mercedes' behavior. Martinez asked, how many times do you have to dance your way into my business? She said she'll be dancing and stomping all over her. Great. I don't care. Another Ring of Honor storyline here bleeding onto collision. Is that what I'm hearing? Probably. And Mercedes is too good for this shit. Get her away from that garbage and get her on Wednesday nights. Yeah. House of Black, Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black against Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. Where did this tag team come
2: from? Apparently, according to commentary, they've been tagging for a while.
1: Where? In Ring of Honor? Let me I'm look it up. The-
2: I'm just happy Christopher Daniels didn't get removed from the venue, though. I mean, that's Let me, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's back on the show. Hey, yeah, one week,
1: one, week, one week after CM Punk made his Monday Night Raw <laughs> return and returned to WWE. Christopher Daniels is back on AEW Collision,
2: man. Tell me that's not a fucking coincidence. <laughs> Kidding me? Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. Come on, man. That was That's just pity. That, that, that's your reasoning for putting him on TV? Yeah. That's your reasoning? Yeah. Come on, man. It
1: Um, yeah, Christopher, Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel have been a tag team on on Ring of Honor. That's exactly what I don't believe it. I I don't. uh, More Ring of Honor. More Ring of Honor. This show has absolutely like outside, outside of the classic. This show sucks. You're yes. lucky you have the AEW Continental Classic happening right net uh, right now. Otherwise, this show is absolutely fucking bottom-of-the-barrel television. Seriously.
2: Well, it looks like he's focusing all this creative um, attention on the tournament for Saturdays and for MJF and Cole and Joe on Wednesdays.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
2: Everything else is just kind of falling to the wayside.
1: Something needs to change here, man. I... I House of Black wins, of course. Why would they lose to this scrub tag team? Matthews and Seidel started. Seidel outpaced Matthews, driving him into the corner. Double team uh, on Seidel scored a near fall for the House of Black. Black, Malachi, tagged in against Daniels, took control. Matthews sent Daniels to the floor where Black followed him outside with a moonsault we got a commercial break. Seidel tagged in, ran wild, laying in some kicks to Malachi before hitting a leg drop for another near fall. Black cut off Seidel on his way to the top rope. Daniels Daniels snuck in a blind tag. Matthews and Seidel hit dueling Meteoras to each of their opponents and then drilled each other with jumping knees. Nice, cool spot. Black cut off Seidel. Daniels ran into him with a suicide dive. Buddy... Took out Daniels with a curb stomp while Malachi dropped Sidell with a jumping knee. Black dropped Daniels with the dreaded Black Mass. One, two, three, and the House of Black get the victory. After the match was over, the lights went out. Tony Special one-on-one. And FTR made their entrance. Black grabbed the microphone and offered them spots in the House of Black. They were not there to join the House of Black. Black said... Listen, I said a lot of things, but not once has I told a lie. Fans chanted House of Black. He laid down the microphone. He wanted FTR to speak. Everybody was wondering if FTR was considering joining. When Dax bent over to pick up the microphone, Buddy need Him in the face. Black hit Cash with his black Mass, And then Malachi said, no one is coming to save them. Look, no one is coming to save you. Black then delivered a black mask to Dax, knocking both men out. I mean, are we getting this match, this tag team match for world's end? If so, sign me up. At least there's some sort of story brewing
2: here. Almost, almost like, almost like Black said, Tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah, I wonder who
1: said that.
0: <laughs> Look, listen,
1: um, FTR, FTR got no friends. Punk left, right? Christian or Edge rather or Copeland is doing his thing with uh, with
2: Christian. They got no friends right now. Who's their friends? I, I low key mentioned this before. Is is FTR getting the stepchild treatment now?
1: I I don't know why Tony would do them dirty like that.
2: Why would he do them dirty like that? I thought Tony was
1: a big fan of FTR. I'm
2: just I'm just looking what I I'm just looking at what I see on TV. I don't know.
1: Listen, it should be a great tag team match. Listen, this is the type of shit. Jesse and I talked about this several times. Te- Where's the tag team division? We should be getting regular tag team matches with tag teams like this to build up the tag team division, win matches, and then get title shots. They got so many great tag teams. What are we doing with them? Nothing. This is this at least is a, a great match waiting to happen. We'll see what happens here. So, uh, I, Listen, House of Black, I don't know if it's you guys, but Malachi just looks like he doesn't want to be there. As soon as his contract is up, he is right back with Triple H. No doubt. You think so? Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah? Same thing with Buddy
2: Matthews. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the House of Black in WWE. I don't know why Buddy Matthews is here. It seems like he have he has something way better waiting for him in WWE. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah, he's gone too. Brody's going to stay. I don't think Brody's not going to go anywhere. But uh, Malachi and Buddy, I could absolutely see being a duo in WWE. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Renee Paquette interviewed timeless Tony Storm. She complained about not getting enough attention on her hair and then talked about Sky Blue stepping up. She mocked her by trying to be spooky. So Sky Blue is getting the title shot against Tony Storm on Wednesday in Montreal on Dynamite. So we heard from Sky Blue. Sky Blue said Storm is going through a pathetic midlife crisis. She said nothing will stop her. She said on Wednesday she'll have her chin up and then she exposed her chest and uh, unzipped her vest, Jesse, and said, I'll have my tits out, which popped the crowd. And it's not difficult to see why. And she said, she'll shove her shoe up Tony's ass.
2: She popped Twitter, too. She did pop Twitter.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know, man. Sky below, every time, uh, every t- she said on Twitter, every time I show my ass, because Tony mentioned something about... Uh, Sky Blue walking backwards. You should walk backwards because that's all anybody really cares about. That's a a shoot, right? You know. Said her ass goes viral every week. Yeah, yeah. Sky Blue says, "Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll walk backwards. My ass is going viral (laughs) every fucking week. Who gives a shit? You know. And if that is what she wants to do, I am okay with that. She ain't wrong. No." We got a video package hyping up Christian Cage and Adam Copeland next week. Uh, there's a lot of shit happening on Dynamite, Jesse. You may be right that we get a uh, good old Vince special here with the bait and switch.
2: Yeah, man, I don't. I don't see that match happening. Man. No,
1: there's a lot. There's a lot of shit happening on. We, we got three Continental Classic matches. We got uh, the tag team match with the Devil's Goons against MJF and Smojo. We got a women's championship match: Sky Blue versus Tony Storm, and then yeah. Edge versus Adam Copeland.
0: No, oh, what and
1: they not Edge and Adam Copeland's two different fuckings. It's the same fucking guy. Yeah. Copeland and Christian. What
2: are they gonna do? Give him give five minutes with them? Yeah. Come on. That match is not happening. That mm-hmm. might, we'll get there. We'll get that match at the pay-per-view where it should where it should be. Yeah. Uh, we got oh man, It's uh
1: Tony's favorite time of the week, man. He goes to his favorite department store, rent a lucha. Oh, God. Tony's Rentalucha is open for business, man, on Saturday night. We got uh, Vikingo against Kip Sabian.
2: Vikingo was a, a a star attraction. He was a special event on dynamite. Now he's out there on collision with Kip Sabian.
1: You know, I, I said this, I said the same exact thing uh, last time we complained about this. How how special is Vikingo? No, he's not. No. I mean, you, you trot him out there on these nothing shows. You know, everybody hyped up the dream match with him and Omega. That was a great match. One of the best main events that Dynamite has done. And you trot him out there tonight because they promoted this. What, what, what was it that they were talking about? Standby matches? Yeah, they were they, they were promoting standby matches. This was one of their standby matches. Why the fuck are we having standby matches on, on, on a wrestling TV show? As if we don't have enough bullshit on this show
2: that uh is not, ne- is not needed. It's unnecessary. Because the, the tournament is so real that you just can't really predict how long the match is gonna go. It's gonna go five minutes or is it gonna go its whole 20 minutes? So just in case it goes short, you got standby matches. What? Is that what is that what they said? So you Look, you 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 wanna you wanna
1: explain that to me when we all know that the show is scripted and Tony has the pen and he tells everybody exactly how long he wants this matches
2: to be, these matches to be to format the television show. It's he's adding a little bit of realism into the show, because Realistically, how would you know exactly how long a match is going to go? So, in case it goes too short, are you supposed to sit there for the last 10 minutes? No, I got matches on standby just in case we need to fill time.
1: Standby matches means and equals hey, we're just going to throw another random match that's going to mean nothing at the end of the day out on their show.
0: Now,
2: now, in in TK's defense, and this is me trying to be positive, you know, amongst, amongst people who say I'm always negative. If you get a match that has to end early due to injury concussion, something like that, you tell me the show is over? Or would you have standby matches just in case? Listen, you make a lot of sense. You
1: make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tank okay. y- you're going, you're going the kayfabe route. Okay. Yeah, I'm hey. going the realistic route. Tony's yeah, got the you. fucking penny, knows exactly how long the show's gonna go. Don't don't feed me some bullshit with standby (laughs) matches, man. Come on now. And then you got a standby match. If you want to do standby matches, great. Don't send Vikingo out there and tell me he's a marquee talent, generational talent. You don't treat fucking generational talent, L.E. Hodel Vikingo, as a fucking, yeah, we got standby with Vikingo.
2: You're a fill-in guy, bruh.
1: You fucking kidding me?
2: Get out there and fill in.
1: This guy is worth fucking... I'll go to the supermarket, bro, and I'll I'll fucking go to the checkout line, you know, where you see all the mints and the gums? This guy ain't worth a fucking pack of bubble gum anymore.
2: I swear to God. Now, if it's me and I'm trying to fill in that little kayfabe with that logic, I'm saying, hey, guys, just so you know, when we're here live on TV, we stick around for another hour and we film dark matches, Okay. So in the event of a match goes short or someone gets hurt or something like that, what we would do is take the main event of our dark matches and move it up to that spot. So the match is already going to happen in a dark match, but in case of emergency, we'll move it up to TV. I don't know. That's that's just me.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Viking goes out there against... Why is this match happening? Why is this match happening? How much is this guy worth now is that Tony Khan has fucking rented this guy's services via Rentalucha.com and uh, thrown
2: him out there against legitimately anybody?
1: Kip anybody. Sabian?
2: Really? And we've said this before. Vikingo's matches are fantastic. He's a spectacle. He is he something is to see. He fucking amazing. He but is something to see. it's the
1: same shit every match.
2: He has no storyline. He has no storyline. There's nothing going on with him that we are supposed to care about except when the bell rings. And like you just said, we've seen all that stuff now. We've seen it. Vikingo hit a hurricane kick after a
1: commercial break. Vikingo then hit a torture rack into a knee lift, hit a middle rope Phoenix splash for near fall. Sabian took Vikingo out off the top rope with a step up parin Karana, hit a Michinoku driver, goes for cover, gets a two-count, Vikingo hit a forearm, sent Sabian to the floor before following Sabian to the floor with a corkscrew tornado. Vikingo then hit a running Meteora and crushed Sabian with a 630 splash off the top rope for the 1-2-3. Now, why is this match happening? Apparently, uh, I I think Kip Sabian has this gimmick where he talks about things that are overrated,
2: and he called Vikingo overrated. Okay. I, 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 he's, he's, he's wrong. I was going to say, is he wrong? Yes, he's wrong. He's not overrated. He's fantastic in what he does. But we just don't give a shit.
1: Well, especially not when uh, Vikingo is in standby matches. In
2: standby matches, that means AEW doesn't give a
1: shit. Holy shit. Listen, man, who, who is he? Is he the AAA mega world champion? If I'm AAA, I'm like, what the fuck? You're treating our world champion as a standby? Tony Khan's getting a little lenient there with his buddy Elio Di man. Come on, fuck out of here. Again, you you look at somebody like Kip Sabian, man, and, and the sheer size of this roster. Why is this shit on my television? So get so, rid of the fucking excess roster. That means absolutely nothing. Nobody's watching this shit for fucking Kip
2: Sabian. I'm sorry. So we're gonna we do we're gonna do a talent exchange, and we're gonna send Kenny Omega out to AAA. You know, to to do a to do a show on their promotion, and they're gonna announce Kenny Omega as hey, maybe a throw-in standby match if if we have time. We'll we'll see. We'll see. This whole
1: fucking show is standby. <laughs> Keith Lee was backstage with Lexi Nair. Lexi Nair asked him, who exactly did he mention last week when he mentioned him? Now, I don't know. I don't know who he was talking about. A lot of people were under the assumption that he was mentioning Swerve. She asked who this was. In walks Shane Taylor, another Ring of Honor talent. He walked in and said, "I am him." He challenged him to a match at Final Battle. Lee said, "Hmm, challenge accepted. It's great. I don't give a shit. Don't give a shit about the history. Don't give a shit about Final Battle. I don't give a shit about Shane Taylor. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Nobody care. Collision on collision." You should be seeing AEW stories, not ROH. Get her off my television. This may be the last time I cover this fuck. Unless fucking CM Punk quits WWE and returns to AEW, I might not cover this show anymore.
2: Oh, fuck, the no, tur- fuck the tournament. Oh, no, don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be here.
1: Jesus Christ. Yes. Keith Lehman, another guy, he can't wait for
2: his contract to be up. Well, where's he going to go? They, they dropped the ball even worse for him at the other side, man. Why, why can't people get this guy right? Listen, man,
1: Bearcat doesn't look too bad nowadays,
2: huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Rar>! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. No, I will not be reviewing Final Battle. Final Battle is on a Friday, and we're not reviewing Final Battle. I'm sorry. <laughs> if Tony Khan wanted to run Final Battle at the Hammerstein Ballroom, I might have thought about going.
2: But no, there is no way I'm watching
1: final battle. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, thank you. Um, Eddie Kingston, who's preparing for his match against Brian Danielson, showed him backstage, warming up, showed Danielson warming up backstage. Lexi was interviewing CJ when Miro barged in. She told Miro she's just trying to prove herself and she needs to do this by managing others mm-hmm. instead of him. She said winning the tournament will put her on a path to proving herself and finding her own way. Miro wanted to barge into Andrade's locker room, but she told him if she means anything to him, don't lay a hand on her client. Can you please do me that? Miro said, his God is gone. And if he was still with him, he'd be in the tournament ripping the spine out of Andrade. Miro caressed her head and said he won't lay a hand on her client. Are we building towards Miro versus Andrade here after the tournament's over?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, Andrade's going to become a dick. He's going to, you know, mistreat CJ. And since he promised he wouldn't lay a hand on him, he's not going to lay a hand on him. He's going to let her handle her own affairs until Andrade goes too far. Then she goes to her husband and be like, kick his ass. And then Miro's going to fucking kick his ass. I could see that playing out that way, honestly. I yep. could see it playing out that
1: way. Uh, I'm here for it.
2: I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah. it's fine. Main event
1: time. Brian Danielson. Pirate Brian. Arr! He's got the eye patch on. <laughs> Walk the plank, matey. Shiver me timbers.
2: <laughs> <Tough>. <laughs> Brian looks like a killer with the eye patch on, though. It's fine. <laughs> Any
1: other pirate references anybody wants to throw out there so I could uh, imitate Brian as a pirate, please.
2: well uh, we got the Malachi, Malachi pirate look.
1: Oh <laughs> Mal- yeah, yeah, we got Malachi. I Remember Malachi. That was when Malachi uh was uh destined to a broom closet all those all those weeks. Yeah. Remember that?
2: Yes, yeah, so he came out and said something dark and spooky, and then next week came out something saying dark and spooky, and then the next week came out saying something dark and spooky, and then the next week we changed the channels. You know, it's just
1: Ah, uh, you know, you know what would get this guy over, Bruce? We'll keep him in the broom closet, pal. <laughs> Have him sniff some of that ammonia, pal.
0: <laughs>
1: Ridiculous. Anyway, this was a great match. Very dramatic, hard hitting, stiff. These guys beat the shit out of each other. They laid in some offense, jockeying for position early, chopping each other. Traded some leg kicks before Danielson got Kingston in the corner where Kingston knocked him down with a big chop. Both men traded strikes before Kingston caught Danielson in the arm with a kick. And Danielson then took Kingston down with an ankle pick before laying in some chops to to Eddie Kingston's chest. They traded submissions before Danielson sent Kingston to the apron with a German suplex. Bryan knocked Kingston off the apron with a leg kick, but Danielson um, was on the receiving end of an Eddie Kingston move. And cut him off with a dive, dropped him with a Saito suplex out on the floor. So, Eddie's in control. We go to commercial break. Kingston and Danielson were fighting for position on the top rope. Uh, Brian dropped elbows on Kingston's head before headbutting him down. Then he hit a shotgun dropkick, did Brian off the top rope. Both men stood up, tried shots before Brian caught Kingston's arm and locked in the label lock. Kingston escaped, laid in some knee strikes to escape. Kingston threw some strikes back from his back to keep from getting knocked out. Kingston avoided a running knee, hit another side to suplex, went for the back fist and hit it, got a near fall. Kingston then hit a Northern Lights bomb on Brian for a near fall. Kingston laid in the knees to Brian's face. Danielson backdropped his way out of a powerbomb attempt. Danielson hit the, mid, the, uh, the yes kicks. Kingston came back with some chops. Danielson came back with some more kicks. Kingston hit a half-and-a-half half suplex. Eddie went for the spinning back fist. Brian ducked it, hit a regal plex to Kingston. Danielson kicked Kingston again in the chest while Kingston was throwing some weak, wild slaps. Danielson hit a side suplex before stomping Kingston in the face, and then Eddie Kingston gave Danielson the middle finger before Daniel, Danielson hit the Bucyco knee for the one two three, and he gets his first points in the tournament. He goes up three points here, as Eddie Kingston still has not won a match in this tournament. Great match?
2: Yeah. Fantastic. Now, now what are now what are Eddie's chances of coming back to to possibly make it to the end? Is he mathematically out yet? Uh I don't know when he'll be
1: mathematically out, but I honestly think I I, I don't think I, I just can't see Tony Khan taking Eddie Kingston putting him in this tournament, and then having him lose all these consecutive matches to eliminate him and then just say, you know what, goodbye, you're not champion anymore. I honestly think Eddie Kingston's going to go through a redemption angle. That's his story in the tournament. I think he's going to lose matches, and where it happens, where he wins that first match, I don't think he's going to lose again for the tournament. He's going to rack up enough losses to a point where he's going to start winning matches, and he's going to win for the duration of the tournament. I think he'll bring himself at
2: least to the semifinals. That's why I was wondering. I was wondering yeah. if he's gonna hit hit this hot hot streak and, you know, boast a little comeback and then get cut short at the end. Yeah, I think I think his next match he wins. Yeah, man, that'd be great. Man. Yeah, I think that's like I said, the- he, he he's the biggest story coming out of this tournament so yeah. far.
1: Yeah, he's that's his story. Daniel Garcia's got the pro wrestler versus entertainer thing going on with Daddy Magic. Brian's got the eye. Moxie's got his issues. He's all banged up. Brody is the the guy in the house of black that. A lot of people did not want to see in this tournament, and he's going to prove everybody wrong. And Andrade, you know, he deserves more TV time because he's a great pro wrestler. Jay White, he's a great pro wrestler. Swerve, you know how hot he is. There's a lot of great stories in this tournament. A lot of great stories in this tournament, and uh, I'm excited to see what's going on. But Eddie Kingston's definitely a bright spot in this tournament. It's going to, see, it's going to be very interesting to see what Tony, Gan, Tony Khan does with, uh, with him and his story in this thing.
2: Yeah, z- Zoom in the chat says... Who's clearing Brian Danielson to wrestle with all these injuries? Bruh, Adam Cole just wrestled for the AEW world title (laughs) to defend the AEW world title in a cast on crutches. Same person uh, that cleared him. AEW's got the worst medical team in the history of pro wrestling. Who? Dude, they are are burying Doc Samson out here with these stories, man. What are they doing
1: there? I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what is going on, guys. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here because I'm tired of talking about uh, Ring of Honor. <laughs> collision.
2: Ring of Collision. Ring of
1: Collision. There
2: you
1: go. Collision of Honor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. Here's a word from some of my favorite new friends, Magic Mind believe it or not guys i struggle with productivity sometimes no matter how you love the content no matter how much content i'm pumping out sometimes i just don't want to sit in this chair and record content whether i'm tired whether i'm not focused there's a whole bunch of problems a youtube content creator does go through and sometimes we do have off days normally my caffeine intake is more than normal sometimes i'm looking for alternatives today we have that alternative as today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at magic mind magic mind has a patented blend of 13 active ingredients such as matcha lion's mane mushroom turmeric and ashwagandha all this helps support attention cognitive processing memory and attention spans it also helps and supports blood flow to the brain and to the body and supports the reduction of stress and if you're doing what we're doing man and watching pro wrestling stress is a huge factor i'm loving magic mind guys obviously as you've seen there i already got a spot next to my coffee for magic mind i'm loving it the bottles the presentation the packaging is beautiful right up my alley and the process is very simple You could drink it straight, chilled, obviously, or like me. I'm shaking this bad boy up. I'm putting it in my tumbler, and I'm adding some sparkling water to it, man. Let me tell you, the immediate taste was beautiful. I tasted notes of vanilla. It wasn't earthy. It wasn't really what you would expect looking at it. It's green. It's going to taste nasty. It tasted amazing. And mixed with my sparkling water... It is now my new go-to in the morning to get my day started right. So how do you guys get on board with Magic Mind? Very simple, man. You're going to go to magicmind.com slash JD from NY. You're going to use the promo code JDNY and save 56% off your first subscription for the next 10 days. Once again, that's magicmind.com slash JD from NY. use that promo code JDNY and save 56% off your first subscription. And if you don't like it, Magic Mind has a 100% money back guarantee. I want to thank Magic Mind for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Thank you guys very much for supporting me and all my sponsors, man. Tonight's sponsor, Magic Mind. Go and get yourself... Some Magic Mind today, courtesy of the podcast. Let's get into these Super Chats. We got uh, just a few, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Joseph Taylor with $11 Super Chat. J.D. Jesse, your top three Andrade El Idolo matches in WWE. And Ethan Page versus Kenny Omega next week on Collision. Let's go. You may be the only one excited for that, Joseph Taylor. Yeah. Um, There's only one match that matters with Andrade. In WWE, and that is Johnny Gargano, NXT TakeOver Philadelphia.
2: Oh yeah, that was his best one. That
1: was his best one, and nothing even came close.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Wild Stallions
1: with a nine-months. J.D., I need an approved sign from you for December 20th, AEW Oklahoma City Show. They not gonna take it like WWE did. WWE took a sign that you made in honor of the podcast? Fuck them, whatever you want, man. Just put, put whatever on there. Make sure that the name of the show and my name is legible, and big and bright. Jedi Joker with thirty months. Thank you, brother. Delightful entertainment with a one ninety nine. I only watch AEW for Sky Blue. I mean, we uh, we have our own our own vices. Delightful. That's not a bad one. Tony Brown yeah. with 18 months. Sky Blue is so tasty. Still love my Red Velvet. Miss her on TV. Great matches tonight. Yeah, Red Velvet was uh, the legit flavor of November. That was it.
2: Yeah, they fed her a couple of times and she's done.
1: She was uh, she was a nice little uh, item on the menu. And then uh, goodbye. It's not and, uh, it's not Red Velvet cake anymore this month. And she's gone. And she's gone. And yeah. she's gone. Yeah. Uh, yes, Tony Brown. Everybody loves Sky Blue. We understand. We get it. We know. Michelle with a 2 dollars super chat, another Brian banger, but Eddie deserves better. Patience, Michelle. Patience. Ten May. 47-month member. Ten May is the wow. longest member of the channel. He's one month away from the Dark Horse Mustang icon. Wow. John Lamy with 16 months. 16 months is a VIP. Here's to another 16 months in the best. Place in all the IWC OTS for life. Thank you, John. Guardian of Chaos with a 1999. Thanks, JD and Jesse. I appreciate your views, opinions, and hustle. You both are true assets to the current industry. Keep grinding. Wow, Guardian. Thank you so much, Guardian. Guardian. Guardian also always has something great to say. We love Guardian. Jay Patterson with a $5 super chat. I'm thinking Kiara Hogan has dethroned Tony Storm for the Yams title. It's a close one. I'm going to say no. Dethroned? Mm. A, t- a, a top contender? Sure. But dethroned, no. Did you say dethroned Tony Storm? Yes. She's not on the throne. Yeah, the- she's not she's not, not. she's not number one, Jay Patterson.
2: Yeah, she's not number one.
1: No, Sky Blue is. Sky Blue is number one. Tony's number two. Jedi Junk with a $5 super chat. This show was so boring that I decided to play the live Fortnite event. The Eminem concert was lit. You guys should give the game a shot. No, thank you. I'm uh, not a seven-year-old downloaded.
2: I already what? have it updated and downloaded. I'll pass. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say you're not a seven-year-old child? That's why you don't do it? <clears throat> no, I didn't say that. <clears throat> that was, what uh, what that, do you that, cover? That, or, I, I didn't. What do I you cover on your that, other bro. channel? What? What do you cover on your other channel? Call of Duty. No.
1: I have no idea what you are talking
2: about. You cover the same thing that my eight-year-old kids play with: Pokemon cards.
1: Pokemon. Is that a new? Uh, is that a new uh, thing? Pokemon? No. I'll pass yeah. on Fortnite. I yeah. so my guys playing. I should, I,
2: should I should get back into it, man. I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. That's fine. You don't. That's not your thing. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But little kids, okay, everybody go to more JD channel and see what he covers there. Jeremy
1: Lewis, 27 months. Cheers, JD. You're a beast in this community. I can't imagine listening to anyone else in this space, a pro of your craft whom I've dubbed one take JD. Mostly everything is done in one take, yeah. And delightful entertainment. Thank you, Jeremy. And delightful entertainment. The one I that I put Ric Flair on the show to cut promos on 18-year-olds. No, thank you. Oh, God. I don't need Ric Flair promoting uh, sex with underage girls and alcohol oh, with God. underage minors. No, thank you.
2: I could only imagine TK and Gorilla when that was happening. Just like, oh, Jesus what did i do what did i do
1: oh god oh god come on man ridiculous anyway i am uh, i'm getting out of here jess is getting out of here i'll we'll see you live on wednesday i'll be uh in your sub boxes tomorrow with something there's uh some news glad you guys are enjoying the clips as well we're doing big things here man we're gonna end the year strong it's going to be the best year we've ever had we're going to start 2024 all very strong but thank you guys for all the support lately follow me on social media at jd from ny206 twitter instagram tiktok and cameo follow jesse at Town smart on twitter go follow him on youtube as well you can click his name in the description it'll take you right to his channel make sure you guys hit that thumbs up i know it was a light show tonight but you know that's what happens when uh, collision of honor Happens on Saturday night and AEW somewhere lost in translation. Thank you for the Super Chats. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Go check out all the other content on the channel. I will see you back tomorrow. Jesse and I will see you live on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.